Well, happy Father's Day to all the fathers in the house. Those of you online, we're super excited that you have chosen to gather with us today here at Mountain Park. I'm DeAndre Clayton, the worship arts pastor. This is not the normal role that I fulfill each week um, here at Mountain Park, but I am honored to have the opportunity to stand on this thrust and share God's word. And so today we'll have a good time in the Lord as long as you are with me. So are you ready? Okay, so the first thing I wanted to do was just to take a moment just to say to all the dads, the stepdads, the uncles, the spiritual fathers, just happy Father's Day to you. Your voice is needed more today than it has ever been needed in any other point in history. Why is that? Because it feels like the world is in chaos and the world is looking for the voice of a father to hear from, to lead in times of uncertainty, just like what we're living in today. So we just want to pray for you this morning and honor you um, right now. So I just, if you'll bow your head with us, I'm going to pray for us and then we'll continue in God's word together. Um, Father, for our fathers and grandfathers and for our spiritual um, fathers, we just say thank you today in a world that just needs to sit in the presence of a father and hear wisdom and see strength and courage and faith. God, these dads are needed now more than ever, and we thank you that they have been such pillars in our church and our city. And we pray for the grace that they can continue to lead well within their accepted role of responsibility. We pray that they would be agents of your reconciliation and agents of your hope to our lost and dying world. So God, we ask that you would enable them to do all of those things. We pray this in Jesus' name and all that agree say, amen. So, well, Mountain Park and friends, it's going to be just uh, an exciting six weeks as we dive into a new sermon series called Generations. Here at Mountain Park, we are a multi-generational church. That means that we have various um, generations represented within the context of our congregation and our fellowship that right now at this moment, ministry is actually happening inside of our kids' um, wings where they're not just being... um, it's not babysitting. You go to some places and it feels like you're just checking your kid in for baby for the babysitters, but it's actually ministry taking place in the hearts of those littlest ones, but also in student ministry where our students are hearing about God and knowing how to form their own relationship with Christ. And so I'm thankful for that. And so over the next few weeks, you're going to hear us share about the various stages of life that we walk through. And so today we kick off with looking through life through the stages of a kid. Can you all remember when you were a kid? You remember that, that birthday party you used to go to, all those things that you wanted? I knew I did not want clowns at all. God said no to clowns. If I saw a clown today, we're going to have to put the cross down for a minute and, you know, or plow through the clown with the cross. But one of those things are going to happen, but we don't play around with clowns. And so they need Jesus too, but I can't help them. And so, you know, we're going to go through the different stages of life just as you hear from different speakers over the next um, weekend. And it's going to be an exciting time. So I encourage you, don't miss it as we continue just to make a memory, a friend, and make a difference, not just here, but across the street and around um, the world. So NBC, Father's Day hasn't always been the greatest day for me. And so um, you might ask, why is that? And I will just tell you because my father was an estranged father. He made a choice to not play an active part in my life. And so as I stand here today, I think it sucks for him because he missed the greatest blessing. Um, And so as I think about that, 
to get to this place, it wasn't just I woke up one day and it was like, huh, you having a strange dad? Life is great. Um, no, Father's Day really sucked. But as I was preparing for this message this week, I grabbed a scrapbook that contains some 20 plus years of um, of my life with pictures and memories and um, me narrating the story of my own life. And so it was a challenge that was given to me um, while walking through some counseling. And so some of the chapters included, who am I? One of the things I wrote was, who am I? My name is DeAndre. I'm not going to tell you my middle name. Clayton, an individual with great respect, pride, and dignity for himself and others. I'm a very strong person, firm in my belief in educational development. And then I talk about growing up in the greatest state ever, Mississippi, the Magnolia State, with all of its hospitality and its sweet tea and all the other things that came with Mississippi. But I wrote all these things, and then I would flip the page, and I would see my face and see these different things like, man, I used to look like that. Before I was, there were. And then I had this wonderful picture of my mom that was there. The online people will be able to see it. I don't know that she'll be able to see it. But I just was like, man, I look so much like her. Suddenly, I became me. Do you remember when you became yourself? It's like, that's not Bob's child. I am self. Welcome self. Hello self. I look at myself and I see the little baby DeAndre here with the nappy hair. It was still curly back then, but I was like, hmm. And then I have one picture. This was the day I actually sang my first solo in church with the adult choir. I remember that day distinctly because I had on that little green suit and those blue, navy blue pants. I was on point that day and still today, I still have those same traits. Hallelujah. Thank you. To God be the glory. And then, you know, school bells started ringing. We started changing classes and all of this stuff. And you walk through. And more and more, I'm seeing more and more people with their families and their dads coming and cheering them on. And I'm like, where's my dad? But yet, there are still significant men in my life that invested in me growing up. Despite my dad's decision and his dysfunction, which had a significant effect on me as a kid, but through counseling... Counselors are great, let the church say. Therapy is great for you. Amen. And the goodness of God, I count it a blessing to stand before you this Father's Day 2021, declare that that dysfunction will not be a part of my legacy. I've said, no, this is not the legacy I'm going to pass on. And so maybe you're sitting in the same situation in your story or your family tree looks a little dysfunctional. But I want to let you know that it's not the end of the story, and this change can start with you, and it can start on today. I'm convinced that God, by God's grace and his leading of God's spirit within your life and mine, we can experience the blessings of family the way God intended it to be. So as we celebrate Father's Day, I wanted to share with you a few of my favorite Father's Day cards that I found while shopping um, not for my father, but for myself. Hallelujah. Um, to the world's greatest dad on Father's Day, you're going to love this. We give you an award. Who's the greatest dad in the room right now? The greatest dad. Let me see. Uh, who's the great? Uh, so, uh, 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 you're the greatest dad. Come on. Come on down. Right here in the yellow, I got a gift for you. Come on. Let's give it up for the greatest dad in the house today. Come on down. The price is right. Do y'all remember that show, The Price is Right? I used to watch that with my grandfather. There was another one called Bozo. 
Happy Father's Day. Thank you. God bless you. Now, I want to keep going and reading you some more cards that I found. I had to get the jumbo size, you know, extra is always great. Dad, no matter what life throws at you, try to remember... At least you don't have ugly kids. And the church said, amen. Hallelujah. Red, yellow, black, and white, they are precious in his sight. Jesus loves the little children of the world. Yes, Jesus loves me. Yes, Jesus loves me. Yes, Jesus loves the little children, all the children of the world. So I love it. He loves ugly children, bad children, black children, white children, your children, my future children. He loves them all. Aren't you glad to be a child of God? That means he loves you, so you should say amen for that. Now, since we're in the gift-giving mode, and I love giving gifts, while I was sick, I got a lot of them. I don't really like gifts, but I like to give them. But people say if you're going to give them, you got to learn how to receive them as well. And so I just want to give a few gifts while I'm in this gift-giving mode. Is there a new dad in the room? This is your first, a new dad? Come on down. We got something for you. Happy Father's Day. All of these people can help you babysit if you need a babysitter. Call them. That's the part about being at the church. You can just say, hey, I need a sitter. Now, um, let's see. Oh, I know who I want to give. Let's see. How do I want to do this? I should have prayed about it a little bit more. Um, How about I share one more card? All right. Dad, when I grow up, I hope I'm half as funny as you think you are. (laughs) Okay, is there a dad that thinks they have some really good dad jokes? If your dad thinks he's the best dad joke, like, come, come on down. The price is right. Come on. You're going to have to tell us a joke. What's the joke? Oh, um, Don't mess up. You're on live camera. All right. Uh, why did the rooster... Why did the well, rooster... No, wait, wait, wait. Hold wait on, a minute. Hold you on. can't be see, starting see, over. That's where I start off. See, that's where my kids are like, all right, now you just messed up the joke, Dad. But no. Uh, why, did, why did they uh, create alarm clocks? Why did they create alarm clocks? Anybody? Somebody? Because the rooster kept over sleeping. Oh, holla. Uh, here we go. The best dad joke ever. Now, okay, so I I just love those cards. The jumbo size, you know, you don't even want to know where I had to go and find these. So I'm going to leave that, leave that like that. So the, (laughs) just jumping into it, um, as I listened and just tried to prepare for the message, I wanted to share something that would come from the heart that would challenge us all. So it'll feel like I'm talking to dads, but this can be applied to any role that you're playing in your life. Because being a dad is the most important thing you could ever do. And that's just not because you're a biological father. Even if you're a single young man like myself today, or you're an older man who doesn't have any biological kids, you can still be a father. In fact, you can be a spiritual father or a spiritual mother It's important. It's the most important thing you'll ever do, investing in the life of someone else. Yes, more than the business that you build, more than the social media platform you maintain, 
Because being a spiritual father, you're raising and molding the hearts of the next generation. You know, I often like to think about this as a simple thing. You're passing the baton. The last time I got to teach, I also talked about the baton, Paul and Timothy. But you're passing the baton of faith from one generation to the next And so it's this sort of idea that we see in the Bible. I mean, Jesus said our main job was to go and make what? Disciples. And so over 270 times, you know, in the New Testament, we see the word disciple, disciple. But it's interesting that in Acts chapter 21, verse 26, that we see that word for the last time. And you're like, why is that? Because the disciple was a Jewish term used for a student who would walk around and follow the rabbi and they would even get down and dust off the rabbi's feet and the dust would get all over them. So the dust would be covered on them because they wanted to learn from this, this rabbi. But this was a hard concept for the Roman Greek mind. They didn't understand this Jewish orientation of following a teacher. And so Paul declares and uses a term that's more familiar um, to the Greek and also very familiar to the Roman mind, and it's actually more familiar to us. He uses the word family. Each of us in the room today, those of us listening online, those that will listen later, we have family. And maybe you're sitting here today and you're a student or a single person, you're like, I'm far away from family, Mountain Park, we're your family. We want to be your family. We want to connect with you. In the same way a disciple follows a rabbi and gets his formation and his identity and his belonging and purpose, all these things happen in the context of a family with mom, dad, brother, sister, uncle, all the people that make up the family. This is why it's important that we look at the church and see it as a family. Why? Because we are the family of God. We represent the body of Christ. I don't want to wait until we get to heaven to see us multi-generational, multicultural when we can experience it here. As it is in heaven, give us this day. So I want to see it now. I don't want to just wait over there. Some people are going to be real shocked. How you make it? I did. Thank you. You went to NAU and I went to ASU. I went to Mississippi State. By the way, Mississippi State and ASU are both in the College World Series. If they play each other, I'm going and we'll pray about who I'm cheering for. But we'll, we'll, we'll keep on with that. But I just want to share with you, this is an important concept right now in history because we're watching things unfold that we've never experienced before. We're walking through COVID and what life feels like before it and afterwards. We've got church doors shutting down, churches shutting down. We've got kids running crazy, people running the streets. We've got people saying they're this, they're that, they're this, this. There's all kinds of dysfunction going on in the world, and people need to hear the voice of a father. They're hearing the voices of so many other things, but they're missing the voice of the father. The father reaching out to them saying, come all you sinners, come to me. Come, all my children. You remember that sit or day show, all my children? My grandmother had them all. Your children, everybody else's children in the community, she, she raised them all. But I thought the family of God, she always taught us if we didn't take care of our immediate family, how could we go to the house of the Lord and try to say we care for this family when you're on? She would say, sweep around your own front door before you try to come and sweep around mine. 
that's also a blues song, sweep around your own front door, something like that. I don't remember. My granddad used to listen to it while working on the old pickup truck, the Ford. But I was thinking as I came to this, I remembered the words of Paul, and he gave us this framework that we can look at in the New Testament about how we can make disciples. And it comes out of 1 Corinthians 11.1, 1, and it says this, follow my example as I follow Christ. Follow my example as I follow the example of Christ. How well are you doing in this? Has anybody else fallen short of the glory this week? It's okay, we all have. Let's go ahead and confess that. We fall short of the glory of God, but we can follow. He's given us an example. Christ did not ask the disciples to do anything he did not model for them. What are you modeling and who's following after you? He says, look, if you don't have a dad, if you don't even understand what a Christian is, and today's your first day to walk into a church, and you're like, I don't know what those people were just singing about and who this God is. It doesn't really matter. Even if you don't have a B-I-B-L-E, yes, that's the book for me. I stand up on the word of God, the B-I-B-L-E. I learned that one in Sunday school or VBS or something like that. We used to call it those types of things. But now we learn in all different contexts like best week ever. Wasn't that awesome to see all those kids? To hear them in the hall last week was awesome. They were wet. They were smelly. They were all those things. And they still love Jesus. And we still sent them home to their parents. Hallelujah. Um, um, He's just saying, just follow me. Because guess what? You may be the only Bible that some people see or ever read. Have you thought about that? When you walk into that restaurant today, you may be the only Bible or the only Jesus people see. How will you read? Will you be the KJV, the NIV, the CSB? I need the message, hallelujah. Anybody else? You need the message to break that down in simplest form. But don't forget to cross-reference with other things. But then we find in scriptures, like when we go to Ephesians 5 and 1, and Paul says this about how do children learn? He says, be imitators of God as dearly loved who? Children. So that means, like, we got to be imitators of God as dearly loved children. Do you, did you ever, like, when you were a kid, like, put your feet in your, your dad's shoes? You try to walk around in those big shoes. So you're like, you don't even know why you're doing it, but you felt, like, grown. My grandma's like, get out of those shoes, boy. What you think you're doing? You ain't no man. I was like, man, just let me walk around. You're falling all around because it's not your size. But then you're like, man. That bow tie. My grandfather, he was the bow tie king, but I represent all bow ties in Albuquerque. If you need a bow tie, I can help you find the right one. I can help you at Dillard's, whatever you want to shop at. Yonkers, order online. I don't recommend. You get the wrong bow tie, you have to send it back. You know, but I can help you out with bow ties. I love the bow tie, but you wanted to wear it because they wore one. And then you might have just said, hey, like, if I could just touch that Bible just can touch dad's Bible or touch mom's Bible. You know, I feel like I can maintain that, that words we don't use all the time, anointing. I want that anoint, like, man, when she reads from the Bible, it's like the word of God comes alive. Do you, have you had those moments before? Because my grandmother can read the Bible and I'm like, Jesus is here. We have met him. Altar call, the altars are open. Come as you would like to receive him today. You know, but I think about all that and I was like, as a kid, I saw myself doing that. We used to play church. We got whoopings for playing church because we took the offering and put it in our own pocket for the snow cones. 
well, if Jesus paid it all, why can't I get the, I need to go get some lunch. <laughs> you know, and my grandfather's like, y'all messing with the Lord. We used to sing like, he's got the whole dang world. We got a whipping for saying dang. My grandma's like, I never heard that version. Let's keep it holy. I just want to remind you, little eyes are always watching. Dad, even when you don't think they're watching, they're watching you. In fact, it's not just the good things you pass on. You also pass on the bad. Maybe you let that little word slip and whoop. And then the kid said, you're like, what you say? Give me some soap. Does that even still work with kids this day? I don't know. What you put in there? Hand sanitizer? Here. <laughs> you know, like, I, I don't really know. I don't have kids. I just see your kids and high five and then I use the hand sanitizer. You know, send them back to you. Um, I can distinctly remember my grandfather passing on some things that were not very great for my family, like alcohol. He was an alcoholic in the home. People outside the home would have never known. He was the kindest man. They even called him Buddy Dove. They say he was like a dove and he was a buddy to all people. He's where I got the term. He's like, don't mess with him. That's like boo-boo the fool. So I sometimes use like things like, don't be boo-boo the fool. Know what you're talking about. So I always talk about, but I think about him often, but I thought how strong he led his family because he had the respect of everybody. But I remember when we would come home from church or youth group, we would have to deal with the drunk that didn't represent what we wanted him to be. And the things that my grandmother went through while having all of her children, plus everybody else's children, getting them to church. But she said... As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. We will go. Even if he doesn't want us to go, we're going to go. We're going to fight through it. And so I just want to remind you that what isn't healed in you, you will pass on. If it's racism, it's not healed in you, you will pass it on. If it's legalism and it's not healed in you, you will pass it on. If it's immorality, if it's lust of the flesh, you will pass it on to the next generation until someone decides enough is enough. This will not be my legacy. What legacy are you leaving? I made a decision that that's not going to happen in, in my life. My mother had me while she was young. I made the decision to remain, you know, to pure in mind and body. To say, God, I don't want the things that I had to go through and needed counseling for to happen in my own life. It has to start somewhere, but we need a father. Kids are picking up these habits from us all the time, and it's like Paul says, like little kids, we want to follow God. And he says, and the way we follow God is by watching and imitating Jesus. Watching and imitating Jesus in the way that he lived, in the way that he loved. And so his perfect example is powerful in shaping for our lives. So listen, they're going to follow your good and they're going to follow your bad. Now let me just free you. If you're in the room, you're like, that's a lot of pressure and I'm a dad and I really am not doing so great in this and I suck right now. Let me just free you. There are no perfect dads. What a sigh of relief. No perfect dads. Now that the pressure's off of me, no matter how perfect you think I am, Alan is, John is, whoever you are, think is at the top of the game in this, this life that we're living, we all have our imperfections and flaws. Do you agree? We've all got them. That's why the Bible says, you know, all have sinned and fallen short of his glory. That's why we have to faithfully come to him and bring him our mess. Yeah, for mess, you're like, what does that mean? Your stuff, your baggage all the stuff that you're carrying that he never intended for you to carry, 
that you just pick up. He wants you to check that and give it over to him so that you can follow him better. And so Jesus was always talking about his father. If you read in scripture, he says, you know, my father in heaven is perfect. He's perfect in all of his ways that even in our weakness, he is strong. That even when we're messed up, broken, and disgusted, that the Father is strong. And that he wants to meet us even in our mess. That's what I love about this Abba Father. I mean, if you think back and we look at Scripture, we see these men. Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. This is God being in community with some dysfunctional and very um, imperfect dads, right? They were messed up. But you know what? The whole story was those dads were still passing the baton a faith on from one generation to the next generation. And I'm like, okay, but they were still making all sorts of mistakes. And so we think about this legacy that Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob passed, and I just want us to think about what legacy are you leaving in this moment? If we want to be imperfect dads, moms, brothers, sisters, pastors, and friends, etc., even in our perfections, we are still leaving a legacy. So then the question we must ask ourselves is, what legacy am I going to leave? And so I started thinking about this passage, and what am I passing on like Isaac passed on to Jacob? And I think about my grandfather, and I think about all the things I want to pass on. That's why I love when we have youth and young adults, and I'm able to see their talents. I think about Annabelle Bucci getting up here, and she was so scared to sing at first. And I was like, girl, open your mouth and sing. Keep singing. Then I, Alan's daughter, I'm like, come on, represent, run those cameras for the online people. She's a student. Come on, Abby, lift those eyebrows, sing, open that mouth. I know you're Jan's daughter, but come on, open your mouth. And she would look, Bryce Childress, beat those drums a little softer, de crescendo. So when you see me doing this, that means get softer. Cut it off. But it's, it's so great to have them all around. And last week at LOA, there were so many young adults that were gathered around that thing. My heart was just overflowing like, hey, if you got a young person, don't let them sit at home this summer. Invite them to young adults. They'll come and meet me and Carson and we'll invest in their lives because we just want to be in community with one another. So that's my young adult plug. I had to throw that in there. Um, these men, they also wanted to, they chose to honor God. It doesn't mean that you're always doing everything right, but you realize that my life is just not my own and that the reason I follow Jesus is because he's the strongest man I've ever known. When I couldn't call on a dad, I could always call on Jesus. When I needed a friend, I could always call on Jesus. When my stepfather was abusive, I could always call on Jesus. Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. Little ones to him belong. They are weak, but he is strong. Yes, Jesus loves me. Yes, Jesus, he loves me. Yes, Jesus loves me. The Bible tells me so. Tell me the story of Jesus. Write every word on my heart. I used to listen and I'd pick up those hymn books and I would just go through those hymns. Tis so sweet to trust in Jesus. It, it, may look, it may not look like what I want it to look like. Just to take him at his word, just to rest upon his promise, just to know thus saith the Lord. We keep honoring God 
even when we're in the lowest valley. We should worship him harder in the lowest valley. He should hear my praise. I choose to praise, to glorify. We sing about it. Even in the valley. Preaching to the choir because I had to do that for myself when I was walking through the sickness. The lowest I've ever been was mad at God. Did not understand his ways. It's not our job to understand his ways. His ways are more higher than ours. But the Bible says that when your heart is overwhelmed, be led to the rock that's higher than yourself. And I'm thankful that I know who the rock he is and where our help comes from. These men also, they rejected passivity. That means that they took initiative. They wanted to be involved. Men, you have to be involved. You can't just sit back right now in this time and just say, it's going to be okay. Somebody else is going to say it. The president's going to do this. My politician's going to do My boss is going to do this. No, 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 no. You have to take initiative. You've got to help guard your family. You've got to help guard the, the sake of what is the family. It's being twisted at all in so many different ways. What is God's order for his family? They rejected it. They talked about these things. Maybe in COVID, some of you dad, you're like, it's really hard to connect with my own kid. I had to learn how to play a game. I'm horrible at the gaming system. So am I. Don't ask me to play the game. I'm not the best. Maybe you had to learn how to have that conversation with your kid outside of the context of the home. Let's go to the gym. Maybe you even learned that, man, this boy can eat. You know, they've been at home. You're buying groceries left and right. Forget fries. We got to go to um, Costco. We need a whole bulk. Maybe these are the questions that you're asking yourselves. But fathers have to be intentional about teaching their kids and even to their young daughters, because they have to model for them who they want them to marry one day. You know what? And when I think about these men, when they were down, they didn't stay down. They got back up. And so my next point is, we want to get back up. We don't just stay knocked down. We got to get back up. These men got back up. Why? Because you're going to make a mistake. We're all going to fall. But Proverbs says that the righteous man falls seven times and he gets back up again. That's why we sing, I've seen you move. Hey, you moved the mountain. Like, that's my jam. I be wanting to bust out, but I try to contain myself in this house. You know, if you see me driving and that song is on, I'm like shaking the steering wheel and everything. Bum, 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 bum. Like every hit, I need to feel it. So how do you develop this sense of tenacity? You think about, is there an area I'm not honoring God? Is there an area I'm passive? Is there an area that I'm giving up on? we have a chance to reflect and say, no, no, this is not my legacy. This is not my destiny. Yesterday does not define me. So I want to make a, a memory right now. If you're a dad, an uncle, uh, you know, you have spiritual influence as a guy, would you just get up on your feet right now? Those of you at home too, would you join us? If you're a dad, grandfather, get up on your feet. Let us see you. I have some friends that should be coming out. We have a little... We have a little gift for you that we want to give you. I don't see my friends, so maybe we'll do it when you leave. Is that all right? Sometimes you just have to roll with some things, and so today I thought I would help you roll with some things. So I have some toilet paper for you. We wrapped it up last year. There was a less demand, but I was going to throw it out to you and just say, you know what? Sometimes you just got to roll with it. You know, so we want to bless you today with some, with some TP. It's going to, it'll help you. Please take it. We, we love you. We want to keep you. But 
stay standing. They're going to come and give it to you. But I want to tell you about a few some men in this church that represent, and they, they help lead so many other men in our church. And so I want to take a moment to honor them. And one of them is over here, my friend, Jose Gomez. Come on up. Let's give Jose. Did you know? Come on up here. Come on up. Don't be shy. Did you know that every week this man, he's texting other men in the faith? He's encouraging them, soft-spoken but he's encouraging them in their faith. If you've got your gift, you can take a seat. But he does this and he's praying for them. Why? Because he's committed to the call, because he's investing in the lives of other men. And we get to see this. And I'm so thankful that we have men like him that would say, I'm willing to invest in new men in the faith, new men who feel like, I know nothing about this God. And we have a man like this who's willing to invest. Could you help me love on, Jose? Thank you for what you do for our body. We appreciate you. Happy Father's Day. Um, another um, special man in our church is Pastor Dwayne. Is he here? Are you around, Dwayne? Where are you at? He may be in the back. Here he is. He's coming down. This is our dad joke resident right here. He's got them all. I could write a book. He comes in every day. I'm like, Dwayne, what you got for us? Um, but Dwayne, he'll come. And where's Dwayne's gift? I don't know where your gift is, Dwayne. I must have gave it away. It's all right, but let me, I can give you my, my cloth. <laughs> Let's see, what can I give you? Oh, we can give you something. Here you go. This is not what I have for you, but Father, the protector, the provider, and the friend. Protector, he's looking out for how can we make our groups better, provides us with resources, and he's a good friend. He drove me to the hospital when I was sick. I don't know what I said to Dwayne. So I'm like, if I said anything crazy, I think I got mad at the Chick-fil-A people and I had to repent later. I was like, that's not what I asked for, barbecue sauce. That's why they're closed on Sunday. One who gives unconditional love. But can we appreciate Pastor Dwayne? Here you go, Pastor Dwayne. Thanks for being a faithful father. Another one is Pastor Yon. Come on up, Pastor Yon. He don't have all the children's, but he's got a few. <laughs> They're all funny, and if you ever go to their home, I was like, the first time I met them, they all did their craft. So I was like, I know every kid. And today as I look at them, I'm like, they're still, that's, that's them. But what I love about it is they have the freedom, like express yourself. And as they express themselves, they're still discovering and developing and displaying their gifts for the glory of God. And we see that through their daughter, Abby, who gets to lead us. And so, Jan, this is just a gift from the body to say, we appreciate what you do. What's hidden in the dark, that the hours that you never see him. This man is here early and he's here late. He's praying for you. He's trying to be a champion for you. And so we need to continue just to pray for him, just even as we move in this season that we're in right now, that the Lord will continue to lead him and guide him as we faithfully continue to serve. So thank you so much, Jan. We appreciate it. And finally, each week, Greg, Greg Swanson, are you back there? Come on out. This is Greg Swanson. This is the piano man. My good, my good colleague and friend, Greg helps me keep it all. Come on down, Greg. Greg helps me keep it all together. When people came in, they're like, are they going to be able to work together? Yeah. yeah. Sometimes I throw them under the bus. I'm an E-flat. 
Jesus, let's, he's back there finding it. We make it look like it happens. But Greg serves faithfully. Greg and Karen, when we need something to look good, Karen's like, I give her a picture. She's like, sure. She's never said no. These people serve faithfully their church because they believe in it. Because when they needed the church, was the church there for you? Are you still a part of the family of God? Absolutely. Absolutely. Committed to it. Faithful on the piano. Always faithful to say, what do you need? And so, Greg, we just wanted to say, on this Father's Day, we appreciate you. Thank you for what you do for the kingdom. Appreciate you. And so, I want to end. I want to end this way. You can teach what you know, but you reproduce who you are. Joshua 24, 15 says, as for me and my family, we will serve the Lord. So I want to remind you that it's never too late to leave a legacy. It's never too late. You can start today. There are 10,000 podcasts you could watch, different authors you can read from, lots of people who could give you advice about how to train up your child and to walk in the way. But one of the things I want to remind you is that Scripture says in Psalms 12, verses 3 through 5, Psalms 12, 3 through 5, it says, Behold, children are a heritage from the Lord. The fruit of the womb is a reward. Like arrows in the hand of a warrior, so are the children of one's youth. Happy is the man who has a quiver full of them. Today you can be the dad you wish you had. And so when I stand up here, I think, I'm thankful, God, that I can be the dad, the spiritual dad that I wish I had. I had many spiritual dads, but I wish my biological father would have been there. One of them, I think we may have a picture of him, was my pastor growing up as a kid, Anthony and Harriet Mansfield. They paid for every lesson I ever received. And I could call them today. I am who I am today. Because these people decided that in Meridian, Mississippi, that they would merge with a predominantly black church where my family was, and they would merge together to become the church for the city. And I watched them love on people that looked totally different than them and love on my family, and they gave me a place to minister on a platform when I didn't know what in the world I was doing and always told me, you're going to go and do great things. They asked me, why are you going to Phoenix where it's hot as you know what? But I'm here. I got to tell these people, don't go to hell because it's hot, hot, hot. Because it's been hot this week. I'm like, is the AC on? You know, you know, hallelujah. But I want to just remind you that we are a family. We are a church. We believe in one another. I've told you before, when you open your mouth and you sing in worship, as the team comes out, we're going to sing Battle Belongs as our closing song. But when we come out together, that you're not standing here alone, that we're in the fight together because the battle belongs to the Lord. The weapons we use are not carnal. The weapons we use are not bombs and guns. Worship is one of the ways that the battle can be won. Because in the Bible, we always see that the Levites always went out, and I call this team, they're modern-day Levites who go out and we prepare the way of the Lord. We sound the trumpet to say, wake up, O sleeper, rise from your grave, for Christ is risen. Christ is risen today. He's the same God that he was yesterday, today, and forever. And last service, I talked about one of the other good fathers of our church, and that's Pastor Allen, who stood here for 15 years on this platform, and he gave himself 
to declare God's word to you. And that same man that declared those words to you is the same man I got to go and have lunch with at Flavors of Louisiana. Hallelujah. If you never taste it and see that the Lord is good, you should go there. They may not be open today, but it's good. Tell them I sent you from Mountain Park. But I was with him the other week, and his son Gordon called him, having a little bit of car trouble. And dad was like, I got to take this call. And he walked him right on through it. In the midst of that, I thought, what a great dad. When I had car trouble, I had no one to call on. And I watched him model that. I watched him say, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord as he gave his last sermon. And he gathered his family around and he commissioned and blessed them. It blessed me to see that he's still, even in transition, passing the baton. Will you do the same? Will you pick up your cross today? There's a table out in the lobby where we need men inside of children's ministry. Will you sign up to serve today, men? All it takes is a few hours a week. Would you sacrifice that? Maybe you're not serving and it's time for you to jump in. I pray that today's message would be a reminder because I cannot stand up here today. If there wasn't a man who drove a church van every Wednesday night who came to pick me up to make sure that I got to kids' church so that I could hide the word of the Lord in my heart so that when I was older, like I am now, that I would not turn away from it, but that I would hold on to it with the profession of my faith, knowing that it's in Christ alone. So would you stand with me all over the building? Those of you online, we're going to declare this truth together because we do not fight alone. We know that the battle is the Lord. So Father, would you be exalted as we worship you today? We pray all of these things in Jesus' name. Amen.